0: You're listening to the Metamore City Podcast, special episode number five for whatever the hell day we actually end up running this thing. Warning, this episode contains me, Philippa Ballantine, Dan Sawyer, and Kitty Nakian together in a room after about three or four days of the same. So that really is all the warning you need. <laughs> Metamore City. A podcast series created by Chris Lester. For more information, please visit www.dot.metamorphcity.dot.com. Hey there, folks! It is another feedback show, and I am Chris Lester.
1: And I am Dan uh, J. Daniel Sawyer.
2: And I'm Philippa Valentine. And I'm Kitty Nickian. And we are punch drunk, slap happy,
1: <laughs> and. Totally
0: overdosed on innuendo.
3: <laughs> and a caffeine. We <laughs> can't be held responsible
2: for anything that happens.
0: Well, we can be, but <laughs> just try... They'll have a heck of a time figuring out what laws to prosecute. <laughs> <about. That's right.
2: laughs> and what countries, you know... Is this covered by the Geneva Convention? Well I'll just Burn. have to
0: convince them to extradite us to New Zealand so That's that we can right. stay with Pip. But. <laughs> to give
1: to give you all an idea of how bad it is, after three days of hanging with these people, I saw a tweet from Nobilis said that said, Oh goody, I finally get to sync my MP3 player, and I thought it was a euphemism. <laughs> we
2: see it we see it everywhere. <laughs>
1: Uh
0: we are here torturing the minds of callers and emailers and responding and going off on all sorts of interesting little rabbit trails. Because it worked so well last time that we just thought to ourselves, you know what could make this better? A kiwi. So now we've got Pip
3: here. That's because small brown birds make everything better.
1: Mm. Especially
2: when you rub them in certain places. Oh. <laughs>
1: Then they turn all red and blushy. (laughs) Mm.
2: I'm saucy and I blush. I know, it's wonderful.
0: We've established that we are all a bunch of saucy
1: bitches.
4: (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Which started with T. Morris and a book review, or a review that he did for Erotica a la carte, which is Pip's show, which then uh, detoured to talk about Metamorph City being a terrible tease because we don't actually get to see that much actual sex going on, but it's so erotic and sensual that he decided that I'm just a saucy bitch.
1: And he's right about that.
0: You know, I wouldn't have thought so until I spent three (laughs) days hanging around with all of you, so clearly you have a bad influence
1: on me. Who's affected who? It's a good influence, Chris. It's a good influence. It's a good kind of feeling. (laughs) Mm. Well, now and those forget-me-not
4: blue eyes. It's
2: just, I was I was so innocent until I came here and looked into Chris Lesnar's face. Forget- he
4: smiles, and he turns that smile onto you. It's like basking in the light of twin suns.
2: <laughs>
4: Chris looming over them. His face flushed with concentration.
2: Is that what it's flushed with? Okay.
1: <laughs> well, he's a perfectionist, don't you know?
0: Mm. Well, it's got to be flushed somewhere. <laughs> Certainly, we've been in the gutter long enough.
1: <laughs> oh. Kitty, oh. oh. could you read the first feedback? Please. Please. please.
3: From <laughs> Hello? Are there any sane people here? Okay. No. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, I'm going to read feedback now. <laughs> Okay, this one is from Patty Heaney?
0: Ah, yes. Patty, for those of you, um, you will remember that she was engaged in some conversation with us in the last feedback show, so go back and reference that if you need context.
3: Howdy again. Okay, not quite drunk enough to leave comments in the voicemail lines, give me an hour or two, but I am drunk enough to nitpick two bits that nod at me during the latest feedback show and its bonuses. First, Sawyer, you referred to me as a he. Oops. <laughs> I will have you know that my massive womanly mounds are what allow me to win at poker. <laughs> Send and pictures. get out of speeding tickets, and get away with drunk dialing everyone I know.
1: Uh I'm sorry, Patty. Chris was reading it out loud and I heard Paddy as in short for Patrick in the Irish Brogue. Hi,
2: Paddy. Exactly. <laughs>
1: and Chris Lester is a sexy, sexy man.
2: Sexy, sexy bitch.
4: <laughs> Which is about as sexy as it gets. <laughs> Ooh.
3: Second, Chris, it's Greco, not Greco. Greco, like gecko, but with an R.
0: Yeah, I actually technically knew that, but after several glasses of wine and many, (laughs) many hours of talking, uh, my brain was fried. And frequently, you guys may have noticed this during my extemporaneous talking, that I am not quite as um, polished as I am in my writings. (laughs) And frequently, yes, I, I tend to use the English language wantonly to accomplish whatever I need it to do and then just leave it by the side of the road
2: there's, there's a name for a man like you Chris Lester what is it? I hope you at least bought the English language at da- a dinner
4: he is my sexy young friend
2: you getting far too much mileage out of that aren't we all did you, did you see T's tweak to you? About yeah. the blowing? <laughs> uh, Let's
1: see. What did
0: T say?
2: Dan Sawyer, are either Kitty or Philippa Jane blowing you like a $2 hawker? That's what we need to do. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Not for two, you know. Two bucks. Well, hold on. There's that two American dollars? Yeah. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah, that's worth it. <laughs> Besides, I'm all into reciprocity.
2: You know? <laughs> well... Maybe old, maybe old podcasters are saucy bitches. Maybe this
1: one. All right. Sorry, kitty. <laughs> Sorry, kitty. <clears throat> well, if any of the stories I've heard about Dragon Con yeah. are true, then they must all be.
3: Patty also adds I hope you like the food stuffs. Overall, though, I have to admit that I was very thrilled that my two favorite podcasters liked my email and even gave me props for a bad Cthulhu joke. I even bragged about it to my mom. <laughs> Snuggles! We're
1: her favorite podcasters. Yeah. Woo!
0: Also, she is one of my favorite listeners now because she is the one who sent the fudge and cookies and butter mints and all this other stuff that we've been noshing on over these last several... And that is
3: awesome
1: peanut butter fudge. Oh, yes. Mm, But you totally Mm. left me out of the whole gift bag thing. That's it. Next year, Patty. Next Next year. year. (laughs) So
0: she was the mystery listener who uh, contributed the gift box that showed up on my doorstep the that was day very before cool. I that left. That stuff tasted wonderful. Oh, yes. I love those cookies in particular. Okay, and that's not a euphemism. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just one look is all it takes. Chris is like, don't you down.
0: Read on, Kiwi.
2: Okay, uh, uh, so this is from Warrenus?
0: No, it's Warrenus. Warrenus,
2: okay. This is from Warrenus. I listened to chapter 20 this morning at work, and I've got to say I'm impressed. Brian, Fiona, Sasha, and Rebecca are all willing to give Daniel a chance. It was obvious in previous chapters that Sasha was willing to help Rebecca, but my main thought was just how willing would Fiona and Brian to be, be willing to help, especially Fiona with her standoffish attitude. Obviously, after Daniel opened up to the summer's cell, but especially Fiona, you could tell there was an attitude shift within the cell towards helping Daniel. I'm impressed by how you had Brian handle the situation, especially his willingness to allow Daniel into the breeding cell on the conditions that Daniel gets his head straight and is willing to help out with the family before he is even allowed to sleep with Rebecca again. This tells me that Brian cares for Daniel more as a brother than as a friend. Now I'm actually hoping that Daniel gets his head on straight and can live with Danny and make this work with the summer's cell.
0: Thank you very much, Pip. And thank you very much, or- Annis. Uh, that was very
1: cool. I actually really liked that scene, too. That was mm. a very good scene. Thank
0: you. Yeah, it was... Uh, I You know, I kind of th- tried to draw on the most intimate relationships that I had been part of in my life to think about what would we do in order to bring someone back who had screwed up. And, uh, you know, I, I think that particularly the Koresh living that these... Uh, people were all raised in the fact that they were you know members of one big extended family uh even before there was any sex involved uh i think that that does create those kinds of bonds of of brother sisterhood um and certainly i think that fiona has a uh a connection to daniel because they were you know teammates and that definitely Mm -hmm. bonds people together um not in the same way as being uh, members of a military squad did for Brian and Fiona and and Sasha, but I think that any time that you have a group of people who are engaged in a, a joint pursuit, you know, of, of a shared goal, mm-hmm. that it's going to create those those connections, which will last a long time. They can be broken by infidelity and, and betrayal, but um, yeah, I think that on the whole. Most of the people in our group are fairly willing to forgive. Fiona was actually the one who surprised me the most as I was writing it because she keeps so much of her her self on the inside that I'm never quite sure what she's going to do until she until I actually write the scene. But uh, I was I was pleased with her there and and how she chose to deal with the situation. Okay, cool.
2: Obviously, Artex is interesting in Daniel Denny's situation. Sure, he's on the leading edge of research, but I think that deep down, Artax truly wants to help Daniel. It'll be interesting to see how Danny reacts to being locked up in the telepath-proof room. Mm -hmm. Though there is one thing that concerns me. Rebecca openly admitted she still loves Daniel, and it sure seemed to me that she loves him more than those in her breeding cell. Add in the fact that Sasha was right there when Rebecca admitted her feelings to Daniel just before his change, and this makes me wonder what Sasha's reaction will be. Hopefully, we will get to see a deep heart-to-heart conversation between Sasha and Rebecca in the next chapter.
0: Well, the heart-to-heart uh, for between uh, Sasha and Fiona and Rebecca actually happened off-screen at the same time that Brian was having his his heart-to-heart with Danny about what sort of conditions they would need in order to let them be together. Um, obviously, there is some, you know, there was concern about letting Daniel into the, the cell and how that would change the relationship dynamics. But it's it's not really fair to say that Rebecca loves Daniel more. It's just that at this point in time, Daniel's the one who needed her the most. And Rebecca's a very emotion-driven person, very um, inspired by the need to respond to... She's a very compassionate person, and she goes to where she feels like she's most needed and at that point in the you know the way that their their relationships were going daniel was the one who was in the most distress who was most in need of comfort and so that rela- that relationship was being brought to the fore and was receiving special emphasis in her mind it was not that she didn't you know had stopped caring about any of the other ones as much as she did it was mm-hmm. just in any group of people where you have relationships among different individuals you're going to have an ebb in the flow in terms of who gets the most focus based on you know who
1: needs Need. it yeah. and, and would you yeah absolutely it's um as complex as well as complex as the dances between two people when you get three or four in the mix it it gets all the more complex and you have you know it, it's like it's like a group a, a group dance uh in a victorian uh Say at a Dickens fair where you have the couples dancing, but they spin off and recombine and whatnot. Mm -hmm. It's, it, you have any plural relationship, if everyone isn't highly adaptable, something is going to get stuck and get really fucked up.
0: Mm hmm. And everybody in the cell has relationships with each other that are very distinct. Mm -hmm. You know, the way that that Sasha relates to Fiona is very different from the way that Sasha relates to Rebecca Mm -hmm. or the way she relates to Brian.
1: Yeah, which which I meant to compliment you on. That's something that um, monogamous people have a hard time figuring out when they're looking at Polly. They're like, well, you know, don't you already have one of those? Mm. Um, you know how can you how can you have two lovers? Don't you already have one? Well, you know if you date people serially, I mean Pip, you've had several significant relationships in your life. Where yeah. any any one of the relationships, you know, more than you know, more than vaguely like another. No, <laughs> okay. each, each relationship is different because the relationship grows out of the combination of the two people involved. Mm. Um, you know, each one's different.
2: Mm. As for Victor and Abby. Obviously, Abby doesn't like moving around all that often, and she is more than a little concerned that she still can't hear Victor's mind, just as neural static. I'm still very interested in seeing what you do with Victor and the Hive.
0: Ah, uh, yes. Well, you've already seen now how Victor decides to get the Hive off of his back.
2: Cunning uh, man. <laughs> yes, I,
0: he's a right bastard. I'm I'm glad he gets what's coming to him. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Is that a spoiler?
0: No, because you—if you've listened to Troubled Minds—you know that's right. You just don't know who, who, or how, or how, or when, and or how much damage he does beforehand. He could take
2: a few people out, couldn't he? Before he, uh... yeah, could. Okay, so we await with bated breath. And uh, again, I want the next chapter now. And the following chapter, and well, hell, I want the whole damn story right now! Exclamation point, exclamation point. The anticipation of waiting two weeks is brutal. Of course, once the entire story is done, I know I'm going to have to listen to every episode again to really appreciate all the characters and the details of this awesome story.
0: Oh, thank you very much, Waranis. And uh, yes, unfortunately, I cannot put things all together at once. I would love to be able to give it all to you at once, but it has to be paced out.
1: That was not innuendo. <laughs> but so you have to go slowly, Chris. You really appreciate. You have to this. seduce your if audience. You get
2: it all at once, then yes. you don't appreciate it as much. Yeah, this is
0: it's foreplay. That's.
1: If you're lucky, it's four. <laughs> In that cell, it could
4: be six or seven at a time.
2: Seven play.
1: <laughs> God, that would get confusing.
4: A chance now for Chris Lester as he strides towards the table. One of the taller players, as tall as he is toned.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. And this dude is tall, too.
2: Yeah. With forget-me-not blue eyes. Don't
4: forget that, Ted. Chris Lester approaches the table now. His trademark headband, Ted, is that purely practical, or is it also for the purposes of fashion? (laughs) Well, he he assures us, Peter, it's purely practical. It's to keep his plentiful locks out of his forget-me-not blue eyes.
0: (laughs) I figure we have to actually put that one in there since you guys keep referencing it.
1: (laughs) Kitty, you have to say something. (laughs) Rolling your eyes doesn't translate to a podcast.
2: Are they they not forget-me-not blue, Kitty? I can't even see them. (laughs) The glasses are in the way. Mm. I can't see shit when I pull my glasses off. Oh, yes, they are. But that's all right. I've got Chris's picture flickered, uh, you know, a favorite on Flickr. Oh. So <laughs> let me just look. I
0: have to do a Keep super... moving, I'll just wait.
2: Yes.
1: Evening time <laughs> amusements for New Zealanders. When you run out of sheep, you have Chris Lester.
4: <laughs> Which is about as sexy as it gets.
3: <laughs> Can we get back to the feedback, please?
2: No. It's just, it's just Chris Lister is too damn attractive for us to be able to keep our minds on the task at hand.
4: Needless to say, none of them look anywhere near as good in theirs as Chris does in his.
3: <laughs> and in case any of you are wondering, that's in his bunny suit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Not even T. Morris can hold a candle to Chris Lester in an Energizer bunny hat.
0: He'd better not be holding any candles to me. <laughs> Our relationship is not at that level.
5: <laughs>
1: oh,
0: Read the next fe-
4: feedback,
1: whatever. The laugh. Oh, I'm sorry, this isn't the sketch. Um. <laughs> the... The... <laughs> You know. Deep breaths, <laughs> 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 Dan. Deep breaths.
2: Oh, boy. Oh, Where's that podcasting coming? Uh, it's going to yeah. be a
1: laugh a minute. <laughs> oh, I know. We're all going to get really skinny just laughing. The laugh of This is from Seamstress of Blue on mm. the forums. The laugh of Chris Lester is an evil, evil laugh. <laughs> that was I Mm.
2: And something sexy about that, I don't know. That just me. <laughs> and
1: that's as sexy as it gets. Mm. <laughs> Does
2: she say it's sexy? No, uh, that was me. It's just not. Now he's
1: making eyes at me over the rims of his glasses, and I know oh, he doesn't swing that way.
2: Don't look at him! Don't look at him! It's too uh, to look
1: looking! <laughs> oh, oh, I'm getting sucked in. Okay.
4: He smiles and he turns that smile onto you. It's like basking in the light of twin suns.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We are getting real seriously (laughs) slap happy at this point. This is either
0: going to be the greatest feedback show ever (laughs) or the worst. worst.
3: Two hours of I are going to be laughing far too much. (laughs) I think we'll be laughing far too much to get to the feedback. (laughs) No, come on. So that was item one. The laugh
1: of Chris Lester is an evil, evil laugh. Number two, I'd personally like to apologize to the world for that... accent. And for the whole bush thing, even though I had nothing to do with either. Number three, holy crap, that was an impressively intelligent answer to the Wizard of Oz question. Oh, thank you. And rather than leave us with only one episode a month, why don't we fans have a short story contest to fill in the gap? Chris can pick his faves and those get aired. At the end of the story, into geranium... Interregnum. 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 That is
0: the space between when one ruler steps down and the
1: next ruler takes the throne. Wow. So you're probably in Seamstress, the interregnum now. Seamstress of Blue, you have taught me a new word, and that is unusual. We all vote for the winner, my two bits.
0: Seamstress, that is a fantastic idea, and I definitely approve. So, if anybody wants to take part in the first ever Metamorph City Hiatus story contest please send in your proposal ideas for stories to feedback at metamorcity.com and I will take entries from now through the end of, let's say the end of January, to just let me know that you're going to be participating. And uh, then we will have further updates as the contest progresses. But yes, that's that's a fantastic way to fill in the gap this summer uh, between when making the cut ends and when we start season two of the Metamorph City podcast.
1: Which will be on... Actually, we don't know. Yeah,
0: we're going to start it on... Yeah, that's actually... Uh, we're going to say here first. You first heard
1: time ever. Not even on Antithesis, which we recorded earlier, but yes. here. He saved the good stuff we are his. first
0: <laughs> announcing that on 09.09.09, 09, 09, we are going to do a joint release... Of the beginning of season two of the Metamore City
1: podcast. And, and of the second book in the Antithesis series, Free Will and Other Compulsions. So yes.
2: What's yours called, Chris? Um,
1: well,
0: season two is going to be, uh, we're going to have a, a series of short stories. Mm. And then we're going to be kicking it off with the second novel, which is Things Unseen. Mm. So, if you want to... You may mock- do
2: that because I don't. my birthday isn't on August 9th that's right on uh, September 9th, you. September
0: 9th yes.
1: thank you for the lovely dispensation yes,
0: yes. so 090909 <laughs> season 2 of Metamorph City and book 2 of Antithesis
1: yes, and, if, and Pip if you decide you want to release a book on that day we can all get into a three-way over it. <laughs> mm. three
0: way of work three times
1: three three times, <laughs> three, times three for nine mm-hmm. we one up T for double trouble
2: Well, I will be. uh, It's possible because I want to do digital magic at the end of the year.
0: Oh, marvelous! We can call it the uh, the podcaster triple threat
1: or something. (laughs)
2: The podcasting threesome,
1: erotic podcasters three way.
3: (laughs) Ooh, did Mm. someone say three way? (laughs) Kimmy wakes up. Where's the camera?
0: Now I'm having visions of a very, very scary promotional photo.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: And Kitty can take the photo.
3: <laughs> I'll be happy to set that one up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we ought to take that before you go back to New Zealand. We might not all be in the same place again before that.
3: Two words, man love.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's a great segue for the feedback on man love. That's Who's right. That? Where is
0: the feedback on man love? I've
2: got man love feedback. Reviews. I think I might have the man love feedback. Uh...
0: There were two of them. One is an email from Abby who first contacted yes, us I've got about Abby. man love. All right, go ahead and read that one.
2: Um, so this is from Abby Hilton, to which you uh, you were replying. This is so this is the uh, recursive.
0: Feedback about the feedback. Feedback
2: about the feedback. Thanks, Abby. Your voicemail gave me some giggles as it brought to mind several conversations I've had with female cast members. I look forward to answering it on the show. Here we go. Oh, good. I'm glad it didn't offend. I certainly didn't mean to. Good Lord. What what
0: what was she asking? Um, well, it was basically, that was where she was talking about the shortage of man love. Oh, the... this is the
2: shortage of man love.
0: <laughs> yes, the woman who said that all of my <laughs> characters share my orientation.
2: Um. Mm. But yeah. I don't. I get. You said. I. But don't I get some credit for Danny and Jared's love scene? I mean, it's the one truly explicit sex in the book, and it's a hetero couple written from a female's perspective. To which Abby replies, "Yes, and you did a really good job. Your actors and the way you layered their sounds and voices with the narration really made that scene pop." <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the most satisfying audio sex scene I've ever heard. Well, there's a challenge. If yeah, ever that's I've a challenge. One. Come on, Dan. Okay. Okay. However, it was fairly Uh-oh. girl-centric, especially considering we were supposed to be looking through her eyes at the person across from her. Mm. Did you not mention the gay
1: word? I don't think I used the word, no. You no, know, you kept using him. She <coughs> grasped him. She took him in she her grasping right. around the throat. Yeah, she's, she's, <laughs> she's, she's, she's quite the cannibal in the scene, actually. Nom. Nom, nom,
2: nom. I nom you. Um, I have a concrete image of what Danny looks like naked. But my image of naked Jared is fuzzy. Is he like a little kiwi fruit? (laughs) More detail of him would have helped me see what Danny saw, and a few slips or fumbles would have made the sex feel more real. Again, I'm going to say this word, again on the plus side, thank you for not using euphemisms. Many thanks for not telling us the size of his cock. On the (laughs) whole, you did an awful lot of things right. Uh, to which you reply, sometimes other cast members were also in the room, but most of the time it was just me and the actor in question. Few of the actors got the chance to listen to each other's performances during
1: recording. Yeah, that was,
2: you just send in a bunch of groans, don't you? Mm. <laughs>
0: yeah, there's, that's well,
1: where. Well, you, you, you recorded your sex scene for me all the way from New Zealand. That's right, even, baby.
2: I, did you even know the
1: context? Did I, I sent you the whole scene. You sent right? me the whole scene, okay. so I was reading it. And... Okay.
0: Yeah, she starts to get into some very technical questions there about podcasting, but. Um, oh,
2: about absent. Podcast, yeah, that's these.
0: more related to a private uh, email conversation that we were bouncing back and forth. Because in addition to the audio comment for the show, she sent me a bunch of questions in private about how the the show is produced. Okay. But uh, is there
1: anything that that would that would be interesting for her for us to talk production wise before we move on?
0: I don't know. Are there any
2: questions um, in there? Oh, yeah, she's sort of asking about you know when you're when you're doing your recording, mm-hmm. do you read for the absent parties? Or do the actors read mutter the other parts themselves? Or do they just say back lines? And How difficult is it to get the feel and inflections of a conversation without the back and forth natural dialogue? And I've actually double-ended um, a reading with tea. And... <laughs>
1: <laughs> the <looks> look of <laughs> <devil>. <laughs>
2: I was trying to be professional, gentlemen.
1: It sounded more profane. <laughs>
2: By double ending it with T. Morris, <laughs> I mean <clears> throat> on throat> Skype with all of our clothes on. Gets kinkier and kinkier. <laughs> Shut up.
4: Leave them
0: on, to
2: contribute valuable technical information to this cast, and you're just dragging it down to the gutter. Well, we want to join you, you on your fucking level. You Out of the gutter. I was trying to say, I'll give a comparison between you know, when we're just reading things, and when you double ended with somebody else on skype (laughs) all right have you ever double ended it chris i i've
0: i've done some reading with other actors but only with them all in the same room Mm. actually well that's not quite true i did a bit on the phone with leanne for huntress but that's all I'll say, because the gentleman never tells. And <laughs> look
1: on your face is priceless. Uh.
2: And, and what do you th-
3: <laughs> I'm sure I had a similar look.
2: <laughs> and, oh, yeah. So, but there is an advantage for double ending it, isn't there, Chris?
0: It's definitely helpful to have the other person there to listen, yeah. and they mm. they play off of each other. Um, yeah. this, this was particularly nice in The Muse when Bilbo, who played Trajan, and uh, Bill Bowman, we call him Bilbo. Yeah, I know, get over it. Um, and uh, Beck, who plays uh, Callie Linder, were both in the same room together uh, doing their little uh, tete-a-tete. Um, and uh, that final confrontation, I think, really escalated quite well because I was able to get them both on the mic at once.
1: Yeah, I haven't had the chance to... Uh... Double-end well, it. actually, have... <laughs> I do. That, uh, the actress who plays Cassie is local. Mm-hmm. And so when she comes over to record I'll read Joss since I play Joss. Right. But um you know I'll read it off mic and uh leave enough gaps that I can cut around and then re-perform it later. Mm-hmm. I mean
2: I mean when you get people that record lines for you without any of that mm-hmm. how many takes do they usually give you? Because I usually go for two takes and I'm I forwarding. I liked
1: I yeah, I like to have whatever gets recorded. Um, mm. Some people like Nathan Lowell record and pre-edit, and they say if you don't like it, just tell me, and I will send you something else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, other than that, to, I try j- to
2: go for two different takes of the same
1: line. Just, yeah, you yeah. gave me yeah, between two that. and four. Yeah, I like I like options, and um, the other and. I also like the the dialogue unedited because often what I'll do is I'll take like the first half of the word in this take and the second half of the word yeah, in this right, and right really fucking yeah anal. I've
2: learned to do that. I mean I used to edit and stuff and I was like, oh. One, yeah. it's more of my more of my time, and two, it's um, it, you know you're right. making decisions for the for yeah. the person who's producing it, so. right? And
1: and and even though it takes me a little longer to put it together, I'd rather do that and yeah. have the exact emotional inflection I'm looking for.
2: That is the that is the advantage of of, of having the producer or the director talking you through it as well. Because yeah. even though T got to Hitchcocky in proportions <laughs> about telling me what to do. Uh, it was still good for him to be able to go. No, no, no. I, I mean, like this, mm-hmm. and, right. then, and then and then yeah. in doing it. It's uh, always
0: amazing to me how many different ways you can take a mm, given sentence. The yeah.
2: inflections you can put on it. The the mm-hmm. emotions you can put. Yeah. yeah.
0: Even with all the, and I overwrite my. Yeah, the contextual narration. M- the contextual narration for my, in order to particularly help guide my yeah. actors, and then I'll just clip it out during editing. But mm-hmm.
1: yeah. But yeah, I do the same thing. But yeah, there were there are several times uh, doing antithesis that I've had to like with with you. There were a couple lines I needed different ways. And I yeah, sent yeah, back that... and mm-hmm. um, and sometimes you go back and forth a few times before you find the dialogue that the the um, the vocabulary that the actor understands. It communicates what you're trying to communicate in language exactly. that makes sense to them. Mm-hmm. But. Um, yeah, for 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 what I do, I just, you know, they record, they send it in. And
0: and that's the way most of my actors do it. Um, the other ones, when the ones that I'm able to get locally uh, or get locally to them when I'm in the area, I sit there and read the other lines and will give them a little bit of direction. Mm. And...
2: Actually, I did that um, with my mum, who has had no acting experience or recording experience. And it was good because you can sort of talk Someone who doesn't has never done that through and and, and relax them a bit, right? Mm -hmm. And so you know, just explain things to them and and relax them Mm -hmm. into it, rather than you know, if you'd stuck a microphone just in their face and told them go for it.
0: Or as was the case with uh, Bill and Becky and Sarah, I can ply them with alcohol until they become, uh, until their (laughs) lips become more flexible.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and having uh, people with acting backgrounds, major bonus. Oh yeah, much easier to deal with. Because they've got the vocabulary Mm -hmm. that that you already have as a director, so right makes a big difference.
0: Yeah, I also have to pause here and give major props to my editor, Paulette Jackson, Mm -hmm. A.K.A. Clippy, uh, who has taken bits and pieces of the audio that um, actors have given me and has frequently worked very hard to piece together things that sound as good as possible. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I do some of the pre-editing myself, and then she'll do a bit, and I'm never quite sure where mine. Ends and hers begins, but it always comes out sounding quite, quite That's well. Cool. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with uh, the the general the result generally.
1: I'm so jealous you got an editor staff. Yes,
2: it must be quite a step to actually give that up to somebody because
0: it is. It was scary at first, um, but it was it had gotten to the point where it was just taking so much of my time that I really oh. had no choice mm-hmm. if I wanted to keep having the show. Come yeah, out.
2: yeah. I mean, I, I, I was. Sort of twisting T's arm and saying, Oh, look, I can help you. Because he was getting so stressed out. I can help you. I can help you. And finally, it was only the last two episodes that he actually did cave in. And um, Mm -hmm. yeah, Yeah. I think if I got myself in that position, I'd be fine with it. But
0: I think the key thing is to have somebody who um, understands the story well and understands the characters Mm -hmm. well so that they can get the inflections just, you know, they they know what you're trying to get.
2: And then she just asked some uh, stuff about the background music and. Okay. How you decide what to include, mood music, and what to mm-hmm. leave out. And...
0: Was there anything in there that I didn't talk about? Oh yes, I know. When I was talking about the, <laughs> um, yeah, when she she talks about the the love scene being fairly girl centric, in spite of being from Danny's point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, that is because it is Danny slash Daniel's first experience with be having sex in a woman's body. And as much as Daniel was able to pick up certain things from Rebecca when they would make love and be in Gestalt, um, there's no substitute for direct experience. And so that, that scene, the reason that it's in the book is as much to deal, it, it's less about Jared than it is about the experience that Daniel is going through, so that Danny in is going through. He just happens
2: to be
1: there. <laughs> it's it's in place of the obligatory, ooh, new toys, let's masturbate scene that Right, you'd normally expect.
0: Yeah, that, that frequently shows up when you have uh, you know a sex-changing character. Um, it's d-
3: usually a good scene, though. That's <laughs> true.
0: It's been done so many times in the genre that I used to write in that I was just bored with it. Um, the other thing is that Jared, by his nature, is a fairly unassuming individual who tends to fade into the background unless he's trying to get noticed and you saw that in the uh, the club scene where he was dancing everybody was watching and f- and paying attention to him but then when he goes over to have a drink at the bar and wants to be alone he's all by himself and mm-hmm. that has a lot to do with the subconscious manifestation of his power right. you know people give him what he wants and sometimes what you want is just not to be noticed and he really is a fairly plain you know, fellow. I mean, he's he's good-looking enough, but he's not, there's nothing extraordinary about him that really jumps out. Gotcha. Okay. And Kitty.
3: Okay. I have another um, comment from Patty Heaney. Okay. Um, thanks both for answering, though I have to fire a parting shot. Drunken dialing, either of you, doesn't work nearly as well without working voicemail lines. And let me tell you what, the Mahjong tiles are spinny and shiny right now, if you get my drift.
0: <laughs> this know, is on Christmas night.
3: Let me know if you ever get your ducks in form, and I'll get really sloshed again. I had some toddies. I would have used 151, but found a rum called Admiral Nelson Spice Rum, and the irony has had me hooked ever since. <laughs> Can't leave the really creative death threats I thought up on Sawyer in E-Man. Just ain't proper. Why is the keyboard sticky? <laughs> <laughs> Damn cats. <laughs> so yeah, I drunk. And since I can't call either of you, and since I run out of numbers to drunken dial, you get email dialed. Aren't you cool? Did you know that only 1% or... That, I'm sorry. Did you know that only 2% of you is human? Well, I presume that you think you're human anyway, but real humans are mostly other stuff, like cat hair. <laughs> <laughs> Sad that I can't drunken voice message you. Very drunk, Patty. Oh. <laughs>
0: so I later emailed the new voicemail number to Patty, which was on the website, but uh, was apparent. she was apparently having trouble finding it and so then she called in and this is what she sent me
5: yay i can drink and dial now you have me worried i think um there's a number on the website somewhere that doesn't like me or whatever <laughs> anyway um i really like your podcast i mean I just see you in more of an authorship kind of way, but the podcast totally rocks and stuff. And I'm glad you can pronounce Greco. Now, you know, you're always dissing, like, historical study on the podcast, which is totally uncalled for. What? I mean, history that they teach in school, that's really boring, because American schools suck. Well, that's the no kind offense, I was talking like about. No going to teach or whatever, but they kind of suck. I know you're a teacher,
2: but schools suck.
5: (laughs) The real history, that's really cool. Because, like, every third famous war that I learn about seems to involve cows or pork products in some way. (laughs) Um, (gasps) My sister was walked into this castle in Belgium. And I mean that literally. She, like, walked into one of the walls and then had to wait for a while because... That it hurts. <laughs> and it turns out that there is this hundred year war in Belgium that started when a farmer killed his own cow and some other guy thought it was his cow. Wow. And eventually historians who rock, by the way figured <laughs> out what started the whole war and they all felt like such dumbass that expunge the record. That's a fun <laughs> word to expunge. Go patty. You should use that word. Expunge. Oh, and like, um what's his name? J.D. Sawyer? That sounds right. He hasn't emailed me yet, so I don't know if his voicemail is up yet, but you should tell him. Um, I totally understand. I even told my husband he thought I was a he, because Patty is a male name in other places. But still, I feel obligated to give him a death threat, so um, (laughs) tell him, for offense against my name, that. he shall die in the fiery inferno of a gazillion rampaging armadillos creating <laughs> static electricity that I then <laughs> electricity that I then send to a device controlled by an Amiga computer which is the only type of computing system more geeky than Linux <laughs> that then allows me to cause him to burst into flames using a magnifying glass. <laughs> and the sun
3: yeah very very precise oh and
5: I, like I totally thought of writing a story for metamore but I don't actually want to look at the metamore wiki cause then i know what was going to happen and then I wouldn't be so addicted to metamore and that would suck don't you think cause we need our addictions yeah like sex addicts and Crack addicts and okay, maybe addictions aren't good, but they're fun and <laughs> yeah, stuff. So anyway, I want to let you know that I'm calling you um, completely drunk off my mind because
4: we I hate the sound of
5: my own voice. and I probably <laughs> want to listen, listen to this on feedback, unless you're commenting at the same time. Do I kind of have to listen, or I don't yeah, hear your comments? Nice. Yeah.
1: <laughs> You've got to send me that. Hey,
5: you know, there's this, um, KlusuluCon in Portland, Oregon every year? My sister really is awesome, fun. and she totally flew me out from Ohio to Seattle, then down to Portland. So I could go with her to klo and the movies are really, really horrible, but they're movies about klo so you can't really expect much out of them. Well, that's true. <laughs> that was fun. I was actually the first con i have been to for a while, because the last con I went to was an anime con, and I was in a cosplay, and the only reaction my cosplay got was one voice from the audience going, sick and wrong. <laughs>
1: sick. What was she And wrong.
5: Saying? But I think I had more to do with the like, cabot um, strip-teasing to, shall we say, questionable music. <laughs> and people get disturbed by that kind of thing. I know, the world is full of haters. <laughs> um, yeah, I I'm a costumer, but I had nothing to do with the costumes and that cosplay. They just sort of kidnapped me out of the crowd. That's why I was doing marching band, you know, because um, I was in choir that <laughs> was pretty good at choir
0: cause choir and marching band have so much in common like the guy
5: on Elf who is the only baritone
0: with
5: cosplay Anyway, they kept telling me I and should join do marching band because everyone else in the choir is marching band there's like 19 people in both and I kept telling them I don't know how to read band-ish music cause I wouldn't do so much like the do re me and then figuring out stuff like that Now, Robin, my husband, he can read music and he knows like the hand gesture thingies
4: on uh, Close Encounters
5: thing- of the Third Kind that describe the differences between the notes. Ooh, <laughs> the <hand is> <laughs> but um, I kept telling him I can't join band because I don't play an instrument and I don't read music like they do, and they didn't. Not even this. the meat flute. So one day, I was a for girl, a hey, and walking down the sidewalk, minding my own business. I was. Like, just thinking about history because it's so cruel. it's <laughs> really
0: fixated um, on that.
5: The you sedan pulls up next Do to I? me, and some people jump out, and then they drive me over to band practice. And I told my mom later, who can be very scary because she's like a sergeant major in army intelligence, and... Can kill you just by thinking about it hard enough. I
3: voicemail.
5: Yeah. kidnapped and stuff, and she said that I should keep going to band because I didn't really have any after school activities, which is true. But I was kind of missed because they kidnapped me, and my mommy didn't care. I, of course, she didn't really care because she let me to go to Disney World, and that was kind of fun. You ever been in a matching band in Disney World? Because... Can't um, say that I have. Even if you suck, they still let you play. What <laughs> kind of sucking then? Nobody listens to percussion. You ever notice that? I mean, you can be a really, really, really good percussionist. And they still don't listen to you. Because they're so full of their shiny things. I and, mean, you know, I'll be the first to that shiny things
1: are it's cool. Full of shiny things, it's like having uh, a They may make the world go around, maybe it?
5: not... I'm a seamstress, I think, you know, fabric makes
2: we'll go soft,
5: <laughs> but they do not listen to us, so we kind of stuck then, and oh, yeah, goes on. I don't remember where I was going now, but it was probably... <laughs> really? two. Neither do we! <laughs> And um, she
2: lost us several turns back. (laughs) Um, I am
3: so
5: confused.
0: I got lost somewhere around the tentacle sex. I think no one ever writes
5: about scenes. Well, that's not true, because I I read this one Batman um, story compilation where they had the guy who makes all the costumes for everyone. You know what? You have to admit that's kind of illogical, because considering the range of sex cells you'd have to work (laughs) with, it's pretty illogical to assume that one tailoring shop. Can handle all the villains and good guys of Gotham City.
1: It'd better be a buzzer. No. If any one guys of us invents a time machine, we've got to go back and kill like, Alexander Graham Bell. Look at that man.
5: it? pretty hot. Oh, oh, there's Nightwing. There's Nightwing. I totally forgot about Nightwing. Did you forget oh, about Nightwing? Oh, she's talking about heroes I, in I,
0: Gotham I City. Okay. Oh,
5: okay. okay. Oh, and if the focus <laughs> of solitude is up in the North Pole, I does that mean that... Superman knows Santa? It could. You have to wonder.
0: Superman Do they like is tell Santa.
5: Because, I mean, if Santa knows everything about everyone, then he has to know where, like, bad guys are hanging out, or if Lex Luthor is
1: <laughs>
4: secretly putting mail on his bed or soon. stuff
5: like that. Because <laughs> I think you should tell Superman, don't you? supposed to be the guy Santa and right? Superman. i mean he gives people things he doesn't <laughs> well david sedaris says he takes things but i don't believe him <laughs> i think david sedaris hates christmas <laughs> well, maybe he doesn't maybe he just said that for laughs i don't know
0: david sedaris says everything for laughs
5: is she gone and, um, <laughs> yeah Let everyone know that if they don't get voice lines, then I can't dunk and dial them.
0: Oh, we wouldn't want you that. I
5: for because stuff. And, um, uh, where was I going with that? Why <laughs> <laughs> are you talking? Talk? Oh, yeah, it's voicemail. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. Uh, tell Sawyer, oh, no, he knows I'm a girl now. <laughs> you have to here. are my breasts so big that he could actually figure it out from there
2: I don't know are they big <laughs> enough to <laughs> see what state she in <laughs> what direction should I point my telescope <laughs> anyway bye bye now she's gone bye. right
1: Oh, Patty! Thank you for the death threat—first death
2: threat ever. That was the longest death threat that was ever. The longest death threat. Ever. <laughs> that was
1: that was the mechanism for the death, actually, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, watch threat. out for those armadillos. Yeah, yes. I, I,
2: I think she has to win
3: for um, a death threat involving Armad- <laughs> rampaging armadillos, <laughs> a flaming pit
1: of rampaging armadillos,
3: and
0: electricity, and electricity, and is- the giant magnifying
1: glass
0: <laughs> aimed at the sun.
1: Okay, well, I did get another number, but now I'm not sure I should give it out. Mm, uh, go ahead. Oh, what the hell? It's uh you can this is Sawyer, by the way, in case you're drunk listening as well.
2: It's not me. No.
1: <laughs> the only other male in the room. Yes. Yeah, aside from the post, Is that me you're talking to? Uh, <laughs> s-
2: go on, give them your number. The
1: Antithesis hotline is 206-305-5739. Drunk it, dial me at your peril.
2: You can drunk dial me.
1: me <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah. And, and
3: remember that this line has a two drink minimum. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Pip, what's your what's your line for? You her can to drunk,
2: drunk dial me <coughs> at 206-350-5949. The Dark Goddess will be listening.
1: And I think the rest of that was directed at you, Chris. Do you care to comment on marching bands? And uh, was there did,
2: any? Uh, um, did you understand
3: that?
0: I I think that. Superman and Santa <laughs> probably would have allied themselves but that I think Santa probably has some kind of a prime directive that he's only allowed to interfere in events on earth at christmas and that any other time during the year he sort of has to have this you know this this non disclosure <laughs> agreement because otherwise he'd be too powerful they'd just you know they they they'd find him and they'd chain him up and uh, you know, Lex Luthor would just torture him in order to get information on what his, his uh, enemies were up to. Yeah, I
1: think it's more basic than that. I think Superman <coughs> got caught in a time warp and sent back to the 12th century, where he, be- he was aged in the time warp and became Santa Claus. Mm. So he is both people existing in tandem and parallel throughout the ages.
0: Well, it would explain how he is able to visit all those homes in one night.
1: And it would explain the Red Boots.
0: That's true. That is true. He does definitely. I'm not have wearing him. red boots
1: today. Not your red boots. Santa's red boots. I
3: I thought Santa Claus was a time lord, and that's what how he got to all the all the houses. The no, way. no,
0: no, 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 no. No, he's not a time lord. He's a she lord. Go back to the first. <laughs> Christmas special that I did for Metamorph yeah. City. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs>
2: there was a the reason I stayed awake at night waiting for Santa. <laughs> mm.
1: Santa was Hello, a succubus? Santa. <laughs>
2: yeah, he's a jolly old elf.
0: I mean, it even <laughs> even says so right in the description. It I mean, reminds
1: that's... me of that, uh, that billboard that ran in the UK this year around Christmas time. Which was what? Lower half of San- a man in a Santa costume and a woman with her leg wrapped up around him. It says Santa may only come once a year. Make sure you use protection. <laughs> <The
0: condom>. Oh! <laughs> what country was
1: this? The UK. Oh, I love their ads.
0: Yeah, it certainly wouldn't fly here in the US.
1: Yeah. Nope.
3: Not even with reindeer. No. Okay.
0: There aren't enough reindeer to make that fly. We are going to take a brief break here for commercials and uh, or promos, as we call them here in Podcastia. And we will be back with a bit more. Ridiculousness.
1: Hi, this is P.G. Holyfield, creator and producer of the Murder at Avedon Hill podcast novel. Found at P.G.Holifield.com. And here's what I learned on last week's Evo at 11. Bo Frazetta. Frazetta. My Actually, wasn't name... that a
3: character in Willow? Frazetta, Frazetta, Beau Frazetta. <laughs>
1: wow.
3: I stole the baby from you,
5: Dighini, while you were taking a pee-pee. I yeah? stole the baby.
3: I stole right. the
1: baby. You know what? That movie was terrible. It's not ring up. <laughs> I love that movie. Willow! <laughs> <laughs> you
4: cannot take my brain, please. What would I want with your brain? I do
1: want to kick off talking about the, our current, uh, recurrent theme here on the show, and that's heroes. But I still can't go over the, over the whole um, Frau Blucher thing that Peter Percelli's mom is <laughs> doing.
2: I am Frau Blucher.
1: The way little comes like, good God, that is straight from Young Frankenstein. She should stop. Turns out you're
4: the villain, Peter.
1: Speaking of Siler, this is the guy who can terrorize the entire planet, right? We've got to really knock him down. But you ask him real nicely, oh, okay, I'll go out and, and be, you know, Horn Glasses guy's partner. Sure, why not? The grandfather's work was doo doo! Diamondbacks have a guy on their uh, team whose name is Fuck You Dome. <laughs> Welcome
2: to another edition of Thunder <laughs> Twitter.com
1: slash Fuck Dome. <laughs> I'm so gonna go take that. but I don't think chalant or gruntle are words. I don't think you that, right. That's the that, that that point. That's point. All right, welcome to oh, this yeah. topic. Right? <laughs> hey, well, Jesus, I don't know. We're in the bestiality business, dude. Hey, we like to call it interspecies of the rock. <laughs> Donkey fucker. <laughs> you know, fuck you, bestiality. Domi. Domi actually works, I guess, for the. Uh, for the I hope that donkey
4: doesn't have a heinie troll.
1: Or use the voicemail line. Oh no, wait, we don't have one. And the final thing we learned on last week's Evo at 11. I don't want to shit myself on Friday.
4: <laughs> if you want more of this stuff, go to Evo at 11.com.
0: Some of the music on this podcast was provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com Some sound effects were provided by SoundSnap at soundsnap.com while others were provided by the Freesound Project located at freesound.iua.upf.edu Metamore City is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license Find out more at creativecommons.org